Hello and welcome to GP Works, the podcast for and about general practice from the Irish College of General Practitioners. I'm Aileen O'Mara, the College's Communications Consultant, and with me today is Dr. Nuno O'Connor, the ICGP's clinical lead on COVID-19, on infection control and antimicrobial resistance. Nula, is that the correct title for you? <laughs> it's a very long title, all right. Um, but I suppose, really, my pre-COVID, um, it was, I, I'm, I'm basically about antibiotics and washing your hands. It was always a bit about that. But I used to do more the antibiotic bit than the washing your hands bit because I think people were more interested in hearing about the antibiotics um, rather than the hand washing. So, so my... I suppose my role uh, pre-COVID in the college, um, I was there, the GP lead, it's on the antimicrobial resistance and infection control division um, of uh, the AMRIC, same thing, in in the Health Protection Surveillance Centre. So I work two days a week uh, pre-COVID with a team there. So it's it's a multidisciplinary team. So we've microbiologists, so Professor Martin Cormack and everyone's got to know and love Martin uh, uh, during the COVID outbreak. So Martin would be the, the, the hospital, he's the overall lead for, the, for that programme. Um, and then there's Joanna Gorman and Karen Burns and, and other people I've worked with in the past, fantastic fantastic microbiology team and then we've got a fantastic infection control nurse team so uh, Mary McKenna who I worked with and you've heard her on, on the webinars and then there is um, there are another few um, in, in behind the scenes um, as well as um, epidemiologists surveillance scientists data people you know for crunching the numbers uh, but we also interact hugely with other areas it's, it's very multidisciplinary so um, the um, uh, within the you know all all aspects of of the uh, HSE um, the ma- uh, management aspects uh, we'd also be working with the acute uh, clinical services and obviously I cross uh, areas because antimicrobial stewardship crosses with all the other clinical leads so the diabetes asthma COPD um, uh, you know, antibiotics are prescribed in all areas of medicines, and obviously we work very closely with the medicines management program, um, uh, headed by Professor Michael Barry, and uh, you know, with a lot of things like people would know about the red green antibiotics, the preferred antibiotics, antibiotic prescribing ie work a lot with quality improvement as well. Um, um, Professor or Dr. Philip Crowley, who you've seen um on the webinars as as well uh with the college so it's a very very broad multidisciplinary role actually uh, let's go back to the beginning so i know you became a gp uh coming out of ucc just go back a little bit there and give us that background please well i um i was lucky to get on to the cork vocational training scheme um and uh, so i i trained uh, I did my hospital jobs in Cork and then when it actually came to the GP training um, uh, there were two practices outside of Cork had been added and at that stage how you got assigned was you pulled your name out of a, out of a hat. So I pulled the name out and it was Dr. Kieran Murphy in Athe County Limerick. Now honestly we had, none of us had any idea where Athe was, we had to look up the map. Uh, but you know what? It it led me going to um, a fantastic year uh, in country general practice with Kieran. Um, it, it was just brilliant, and it was something as a city girl I would never volunteer to go into country practice, but it, just a brilliant year. And you know, and a shout out to Kieran and all the gang there in Athe. Um, really, really a fantastic year. A brilliant teacher. Um, but there was another brilliant teacher actually prior to that, which is probably why I actually ended up in general practice because when. I was going through medicine you you had one week 
with um, a GP. And again, I just random allocation. I happened to end up with um, a, a Bill Shannon, Dr. Bill Shannon, when he was doctor and not the first professor of general practice in Ireland. And I went out and I uh, was with him for a week. And that was just it. I, I just loved what he did. And um, uh, he's the reason I became a GP. You know, absolutely. I, I just loved the business that we, we talked to patients. Patients come in, we visited their houses. He seemed to know them. They knew him. They were relaxed with him. And yet the job got done as well. The medicine bit got done. But there was this lovely, I think it was that whole continuity of care. I think it was the variety from the babies, the kids, the older. I, I just, to me... It, it, having having been through various, you know, they spend stints in different hospitals, I just suddenly saw this is it. This is me. This is what I want to be. And um, and and I've been fortunate. I've ended up doing something that I love. And you've been in Cork as well, where you have the Elmwood family practice, isn't that right? Absolutely, yeah. And I, I have a fantastic uh, group there. We now have nine doctors um, and we have two nurses and a, and a fantastic uh, administrative support team. And and it's really because of them that I, you know, I'm able to do two days a week um, in, in my normal national job. And at the moment, for the last um, uh, five or six weeks, I've been released full time uh, because there was so much work going on with uh, uh, COVID. So you say the national job, which is the antimicrobial resistance, the infection control side of it. And you, you are that expert, which people from the beginning of this pandemic, beginning of the crisis in Ireland, you've been very prominent, both within the GP community through the webinars and all the information you're given out. And then on national TV as well. I remember one of the first times you weren't on TV, you went on, I think, to a Skype call from Cork and you put your hands up and you said, wash your hands, which to me is the essential NULA message. Isn't that right? Yeah, it is in the context of COVID because, um, I mean, it all comes down to the hands. I mean, the, you know, infection control isn't new. Um, um, uh, Semmelweis, who's known as the father of infection control, uh, 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 in 1847, I mean, he demonstrated, uh, uh, he was working in a maternity ward in uh, Vienna and he demonstrated, he could see that the ward where the doctors and the medical students were looking after uh, the, the women who were giving um, a childbirth had much higher rates of, they called it childbirth fever at the time, purpural uh, fever, um, and much higher rates of infection than the ones that were looked after by the midwives and he discovered actually that the common vector really was actually uh, uh, the, the doctors were going from where they were dissecting dead bodies and they were getting something on their hands that 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 then brought some type of an infection in that gave women childbed fever and all he did was he got the doctors and the medical students to wash their hands in a chlorinated lime solution when they were going from the dissecting room into the um, uh, the ward where the birthing mothers were, and the infection rates plummeted back down to the midwives, and th- that was that was the start of. They didn't know it was bacteria at the time, but that was the start of understanding the importance of clean hands. And you know, at the end of the day, even as Martin Cormick would say, if if you had only one thing that you could bring in when you're going in to see somebody with 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 COVID, he would bring alcohol gel. That's all. So because really the vast majority of the protection for all of us is keeping the hands clean and and washing them regularly. Now, tell me how you got involved in infection control uh, in the college then, because I know you, you wrote you were involved in the first set of guidelines for general practice. 
Well, my my interest in this whole area uh, goes back a long time ago. Uh, there was a publication um, brought out by our local laboratory called InfoScan. Um, and uh, I, it was about explaining about the microbiology laboratory to GPs. Now, I'm talking back in the, like I started in general practice in Cork in 1990. So I'm talking about the early 1990s. Um, and it was really good because I didn't know anything much about the microbiology laboratory, you know, other than what I'd learned in, in med school. And, and so I wrote in to say, thank you very much. I hope there's more of these going. And of course, then I got the phone call. Well, actually, we're looking for um, um, a GP on our editorial board to guide us. as to So, that, so I, I then joined that. And again, that was a multidisciplinary team because it was microbiology, public health. Um, ID physicians and I began to learn more about that and and as the way things used to go and they probably still go a bit in Ireland um, it, the, the the college got asked for a GP to become involved in a task force uh, which was to set up what is now known as the uh, Health Protection Surveillance Centre and um, Fanon O'Cunagan who was the, the first um, uh, CEO uh, for, I get the phone call obviously my name came up does anyone know about antibiotics so there's a GP in Cork so I got the phone call from Fanon. By the way, would you mind going on this task force? So I, I trotted up and down to Dublin um, uh, for a year or two, as usual, the only GP there saying, by the way, don't forget the GPs when you set it up. And so in 1998, the Health Protection Surveillance Centre was set up and I joined the Scientific Advisory Committee. And then that moved on, it became the whole area of antibiotics and, and SARI, uh, the strategy for antimicrobial drug resistance. I ended up working on that. Funnily, with Martin Cormican, actually, that was my first time meeting Martin Cormican and a number a number of the names that I'm still involved with. And and that culminated in the first strategy for antimicrobial drug resistance um, back in uh, 2001. Um, and and then, you know, there's a lot of sorry activities went on and we started trying to get antimicrobial um, guidelines going, various different things. And then in 2001, uh, the uh, HSE set up uh, the um, the forerunner of AMRIC, uh, which was the uh, it was called HCI AMR, so it was about preventing healthcare associated infections um, and antimicrobial drug resistance. And the lead then was my good friend, uh, Dr. Fidelma Fitzpatrick, who I got to know uh, very well during this, and we remain friends. She was the first lead, she was the first Martin Cormican, and um, and I was asked to join that as a GP. So I started kind of one day a week, and then you know it, it moved up to two days a week, and. And so now I'm very lucky. I think that's that's um, becoming more, you know, they call about this portfolio GP. Um, and now there's more formalized ways uh, to get into it. And I have to say, um, you know, I, I fell into this by, by accident, but I do think that it's fantastic for your career if as well as the daytime stuff that you have a little special interest that kind of takes you outside the box a little, make, makes you... Um, you know, get involved more either with other GPs, with other disciplines, um, into into the sort of the wider health service because I think that's it, it's fantastic to stop burnout in yourself, um, but it's also a great way for you to showcase general practice and to be an ambassador for general practice and for everyone else to understand the importance of the role and what general practice as a discipline can bring to that multidisciplinary group, but as well as the opposite way. Like, it's all about understanding each other's worlds. You know, if we understand each other's worlds, we'll understand how better to make it all work together um, for the patient, because at the end of the day, we're all here to make sure that we can provide the best possible care for patients in Ireland. 
Now, you said to have a little job as well as, as your main GP role, but yours isn't a little job anymore. Has it taken over your life at the moment, do you think? Well, it has a little bit at the moment because, um, as many of you know, I'm also married to a medic, um, uh, John Gallagher, and John's uh, speciality field is occupational health. You know, I, I do remember on uh, the, thir- the Thursday night uh, when the first case in Cork, I think it was in the Cork Hospital, which was the 5th of March, and John uh, disappearing and arriving home very late, and I was due to go on Morning Ireland the following morning and they had already grilled me because they knew this case was there. And I said, whatever you do, I said, I'm not coming on a line if you're going to ask me about that case. I said, because it was the first, if you remember, it was the first actually that was community transmission. So there was rumours and things around. I said, I can't go on. I said, if you're going to ask me about that. And when John came in the door, I said, don't tell me anything. I, I don't want to know anything just in case. And and really, it was from then on, our house became, you know, seven days a week, you know, 14 hour days. It was the COVID house. Um, and people may remember in the early days, you know, there was no service for GPs with occupational health. So, I mean, it was literally with the cup of coffee in bed in the morning we were going through. I was like, Look, I think this is the answer to this GP. And John was telling me and I'd be typing the occupational health advice to the GP. And we were getting GPs in to, you know, try to get them fast track to get their tests done and, and that. And um, and in fairness, my kids, you know, I, I, I'm lucky I had three kids who were in, in university and they were studying at home and they basically took over running the house and doing the groceries and feeding us and cups of tea arriving in front of me and that. But thankfully, um, we'd about we'd about about eight weeks when it was pretty manic, but it's calmed down a bit now. Nula, tell me about the full Nula, the mini Nula and the micro Nula. Oh, well, this is you know what? Uh, um, Cork people have great humour. And and of course, there was all these videos of me going around in, you know, the goggles, the, the gown, the, the, the mask and, and showing people. And, and then we were modifying it that sometimes you didn't need the gown, you needed just the apron. So it became that the full nula was when you did all on and the mini nula was when you had the apron. And, um, and now now the next thing is the micro nula. So the micro nula is when you're talking to um, a patient who doesn't have any symptoms and you just need to have the mask and you only wear the gloves if you're doing bloods and things like that um so so yeah so there's three names um but but the 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 most fun one really is that there's now um a cocktail called the full nula which is a gin-based cocktail um and and as alcohol up has to be at least 60 percent it's got one and a half measures of gin so I'd be looking forward to, and I, it's actually a GP, Dr. Andy Line, I think, um, can be credited with coining the phrase, the full nula. But I'm not quite sure who devised the um, the cocktail yet, but I'm sure after listening to this, somebody's going to pop me um, a WhatsApp and, and tell me that. I'm sure they will. Nula, we just wrap up now. And I mean, we don't know where things are going now. You know what I mean? But we're on the verge of the next stage of the gradual lifting of the, the lockdown. What would be your key message to GPs coming out of this, the lessons that we've learned in the last, you know, since the beginning of March when the first case, first community case emerged in Cork? Would there be um, a, a message that you'd have at this point? Well, I think the first thing is that we, as GPs, we're incredibly adaptable and agile. And I think that's what we've shown here because you know, there was a lot of fear at the start. Uh, this was an unknown virus. Uh, we're all susceptible to it. It could affect us in different ways. So it's very natural that we were fearful. Um, but, you know, GPs got on board. They found out what needed to do. And then they started to adapt. They changed their practices. They moved to phone triage, to um, uh, uh, seeing patients, you know, grouping patients. And, and I think 
you know, it, it's been it's been fantastic how they've responded in maintaining a service, you know, a change service uh, uh, to to their patients. So I think we're now into a phase where we need to get back to more the regular work, you know, uh, childhood immunizations, looking after the chronic conditions, the contraception, all, all the threads are going to pick up. So I, I think what we need to remember is, is that uh, general practice in general is a low risk environment for picking up COVID-19. Uh, the evidence would show is that provided you you do adhere to the rules, uh, which would be when you're seeing patients with symptoms, that you take care, you group them together, you have your mask on, you have your apron on, you do your hand hygiene, you use goggles um, or eye protection if there's a risk of splashing into your face. You're very, very careful to see those patients um, and do your hand hygiene afterwards. Uh, and if you if you take all the precautions, your risk of picking up COVID from when you're in that patient care zone actually is very, very minimal. We're more at risk actually in the social side of it. So it is important that even when we're at work that we need to try to maintain that social distancing. Um, we need to be careful about that with our, with our social interaction at work with our, from ourselves and among our staff. Um, and, and we all need to work in this new normal. And the college has produced um, a, a, a lovely um, guide on that. And we're going to be doing more education um, about that, how in, in the new normal, how we're going to continue um, a, a general practice and how to take some of the lessons that we've learned that have been very good. I and mean, we mean, all of a sudden, we, you know, lots of us are doing uh, video consultations and we're finding out the ones that are safe to do. Um, and uh, so I think we just have to take what's been good out of it, decide what we're going to keep in practice. But obviously, our main work is face to face patients. You know, we're, we're all human beings. We all like human contact. We like that personal contact. That's what's unique to general practice is a lot of that personal contact and that continuity of time uh, over, over time. And we need to get back to that uh, in a safe manner for both for ourselves and for our patients. Nula, thank you for that. That's great. We could have talked for a lot longer than that, but I think you've given a flavour of who you are and what your background is and how you got involved in this fascinating area, which you clearly have a, a strong, a very great passion for, which has been great to have you uh, for the college. And I know you do regular webinars. And if people want to find out more, they should head over to the clinical hub on the, on the website, icgp.ie. There's a few people you want to thank as well, isn't there? Yeah, because, you know, I've been front facing um, uh, for the college, but there's a fantastic team, as you know, uh, behind me from uh, and I, 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 I probably forget to thank everyone, but I'm just going to thank everyone as a, as a blank thank you within the college. But um, um, particularly um, uh, our CEO, Fintan, uh, Tony, uh, my 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 fellow uh, uh, GP leads, uh, our president, Mary, who, who, like myself, has been doing a lot of the front facing work. But I mean, the, the, the chairman of the board, the board behind um, all of the team, the admin team um, in the college, you know, who've been doing tireless work. Um, so there's that team within the within within the college. There's my own practice team. I mentioned them already. I mean, they're part of the reason that that I that I'm able to do this and be here. But also, I want to thank all of the GPs out there. You know, the GPs. I mean, the amazing the amount of people who've been tuning into the webinars, been taking it on board, and and who've been adapting their premises, and you know, who've really been showcasing how general practice um, is such a fantastic uh, resource uh, for the people of Ireland. And so I think we can all, you know, uh, uh, take a bow uh, and be very proud of the service that we continue to give to patients in our community. Dr. Nuala O'Connor, thanks for talking to us today. Thank you, Aileen.